Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. The stretch run in the NBA's Western Conference is going to be like the final laps of the Daytona 500, full of chaos and carnage and desperation. And with that in mind, this is a good time to remind Suns fans we have all received the reprieve of a lifetime. From a frugal banker owner to a hoops junkie billionaire. And now these Suns and Suns fans need to cheer for three different things. Number one, a deep playoff run. Something that affirms and further motivates Matt Ishbia to spend even deeper into his cash reserves because even the richest owners get tired of flushing huge stacks of money on teams that do not produce at the end and because in the end, rich people don't get rich by accident, it's because they really like money. Number two, you need to cheer for the mortgage business and that interest rates do not skyrocket because we need Ishbia to stay flush and happy and stress-free in the coming years and and number three, we need the Suns to somehow, someway, finish in the top six in the Western Conference, avoiding the play-in tournament at all costs, the place where dreams go to die. Now, I feel really good about the last part, but it's going to get interesting. The Suns have the most difficult schedule left in the NBA, which may or may not mean anything, but 19 games against teams over 500 will tell us a lot. And in the end, Thaddeus Young and Royce O'Neal might unlock the defensive presence that would make this star-driven team a nightmare for any opponent, or maybe we're just headed for another haunting heartbreak. But it's really about time our luck changes, and while it's not easy for common folk to cheer on billionaires, this is a good time to do it, if only to keep Ishbia from cringing when that luxury tax bill finally arrives on his doorstep. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I think we're close. You know, we played some, some really good basketball. Uh, I think we're 19-7 and seven since, since Christmas. And, um, you know, that's one of the best records in the league during that stretch. Uh, I, I think if we can stay healthy, we have as good a chance as anybody to win this thing. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's always room for improvement. There are things that... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to our guys about today for uh, for this stress run that um, things we need to uh, to get better at to to achieve our goals and and to position ourselves uh, the best way we can going into the playoffs. But um, but I like where we're at. That was Frank Vogel on our airwaves yesterday here on Bickley and Murata mornings during Newsmakers Week. The question Bick posed to him was, uh, "How close?" are the Suns to being the team he envisioned. And mm-hmm. look, there's a, a lot of admitting it took a long time to even get to this point because mm-hmm. of the injuries early in the season. And I think most people are uh, of a similar, similar belief of Frank Vogel. If you stay healthy, you can do some damage. Yeah. And, and But the, you know they're saying that in a lot of other NBA cities as mm-hmm. well. To your point about avoiding the play-in, and mm-hmm. I agree with it. I absolutely agree with it. But on the flip side of it, we're one year removed from an eight seed in the Eastern Conference getting all the way to the NBA Finals. Now they came through the play-in tournament as the seven. 
Um, so they had extra work to do. I'm talking about the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, there's all this all this talk about avoiding the play-in, don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But also, how much does the regular season matter? If you've got the pieces, are you? it comes down to, are you built for the postseason? Well, that's the big question. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, and, and so uh, we all know what the, what the issues are with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they've been uh, right there in front of everybody to see. And it has been the turnovers. It has been not shooting. Shooting enough three-point shots fourth at times. Woes. Yeah, exactly. The fourth quarter woes, closing out games. We asked Frank Vogel about those yesterday. He minimized those concerns. Acknowledge, yeah, those are things, but this is nothing that is going to stand in our way if we remain healthy. And, and he said unequivocally, if we do remain healthy, we've got as good of a shot as anybody to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you might get people who don't agree with that, but I do think, honestly, that there is some ceiling left for this basketball team to find. And, and I you know, I have talked to people who think that Thaddeus Young might really give this team something it needs defensively around the rim. Now, that might uh, this guy's a 17-year veteran, and this is his eighth NBA team. So, I, I, again, it's all it's all a matter of your perspective. But these are the numbers: 19 of the remaining team games that Suns have, 19 of the 27 are against teams that are above 500. Suns are only a 500 team against teams that are 500 or better, 15 and 15. 11 of those 19 games against the good teams are away games, Mm. and 15 of their 27 remaining games in some are away games. So you can look at those numbers and go, yeah, that schedule is stacked against us, but you also have to remember all these aggregated numbers we're talking about have come from a very bizarre season, a season that has included a lot of missed games early, and then wiping out really pretty much your entire bench and bringing in different pieces. So I would I would just caution, look at those numbers, but understand they might not resemble or reflect anything near the basketball team you're going to see going forward. Yeah, the most telling numbers really, and some people do believe this, the, the net numbers with Durant, Booker, and Beal all mm-hmm. available. And those numbers are very impressive near near the top of the NBA in terms of net rating with, with those three available. Um, that's And that's where Frank Vogel arrives at the conclusion, hey, if we stay healthy, we got a chance, as good a chance as anybody to win this. I, I hate to go down this road. So we're talking about, you know, who's legit, who's going to fight to hang on in, in the play-in, and who's going to be on the outside looking in. There's going to be teams in both conferences that are greatly affected by injury. Mm. It's just a matter of what team what team that is. Could it be the Lakers? I mean, they're starting off post-All-Star well, break without LeBron James. Christian Wood's out for an extended period of time. Could that be the team? You know, I think a lot of the teams in the Western Conference that we're talking about, look, the Suns have, I'm not going to say injury-prone, they have players with injury histories, recent injury histories. The Clippers fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Golden State falls into that category. Um, you know, Denver, to a degree, falls into that category. Somebody's going to get affected greatly by well, by injury. And, uh, yes, because it happens every year, and especially when you get to the playoffs and the and the level of intensity even goes higher and, and everybody on the floor is playing defense at 100%, things go pop, things snap, things things go out, things break bad. It, it just it happens every year. It does. And so you hope that, that, that the Suns can get a good run of luck in terms of health, and then everything else can 
can fall into place. There's also going to be an element of pressure, particularly on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker uh, for different kind of reasons. They are the star players, the star forces on this team, and this is their time to stand and deliver. So uh, I'm tremendously excited. I really, really am. This this could go any number of ways, but but I think what this team did, what they did at the trade deadline was, was so dramatic. I've never seen a team just wipe out most of its bench at a trade deadline and say, out of here. And these are all guys that have been here a half season, not yeah. two, three years. But it was also a bunch of guys that hadn't really— no, I, you know, asserted themselves at all in Suns uniforms. Well, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying it wasn't warranted. Yeah. I'm just saying, generally, you bring in a guy that, that you commit to on a one-in-one contract, you're at least giving him to the end of the year. You don't, but but that's that's a symbolic of how aggressive this owner is, and and I just hope that that aggressiveness gets rewarded. As I said in the blast, that's what you want. You want Maddishby's spending to be affirmed in this upcoming postseason. Absolutely. Because I'm telling you, because even even the Steve Ballmers, the Joe Kalakups of the world, if if they're not getting return on investment at, at some point in time, ROI or ROI, sorry, return on investment ROI, if if Rich people and owners and successful people aren't getting it. At some point in time, it's going to change how they operate. No doubt. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata Show podcast. It's brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. We continue Newsmakers Week, day three, a visit in studio from the great Jerry Colangelo next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now we continue. Day three of uh, busy Newsmakers Week 2024. We are joined in studio by Valley Sports Icon. Chairperson of the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, the His one and names only. Names on the court yes, at the Hall of Fame. It is Jerry Colangelo's in studio with us. Jerry, thanks so much for coming Good in. Great morning. to see you. It's always great to be here. We have so many places we could go on, on discussions with you. Where would you like to start? I, I, actually, I do. I, I know where I want to start. You start. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of this basketball season, the the, the Suns organization uh, transformed the Ring of Honor. Uh, they went to the, the permanent banners, and you were part of that celebration, obviously. Um, I would love to get your thoughts on that night and just that kind of kinship between the Ring of Honor members for the Phoenix Suns. I, I, I got an opportunity to be there and, and witness it up close and personal, and it was a special night for anybody who's followed this organization for a long time. For sure, and I think it was a big, a big plus to uh, transform the identification within the arena mm-hmm. to the banners. I think that was a, a, a great thing. And by the way, I think a lot of good things have happened with the change of ownership in terms of the direction of the uh, organization and the commitment uh, that Matt Ishbia and his brother have uh, put forth. And so, yes, there is a kinship uh, with the people who um, are represented in the Ring of Honor. It's a lot of history, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. And um Many, many stories, and so it's gr- always great to get back and, and meet with people that you haven't seen for a while. Um, you know, um, 
It's 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 a wonderful thing, and I think that kind of identity builds tradition for an organization, um, and that's happening here. Right. Uh, well, I think one of the last times I saw you, we were at a golf event when uh, we all got the terrible news that Walter Davis had passed, mm-hmm. and and I know that Walter, um, for for Suns fans who didn't see him, you missed out on on well, he was Michael Jordan's favorite player, a lot of people's favorite player. It kind of speaks right. to that kinship and the lineage that that you built here. And, and this family is very, very special. Yes. Um, you know, Walter was one of my favorite um, players ever, you know, with the, with the Suns. Um, he was a, a high draft pick. Um, he came in and was rookie of the year, averaged 25 a game as a, as a rookie, and had one of the, talk about Sweet D, one of his nicknames. His shot, his jump shot was as pure as silk. No, no doubt about that, and so uh, and he was a kind soul. He really was good person. He had some challenges a little later on in his career. That's not unusual, you know, for many athletes because of the pressures, the money, the things that go on in uh, in, in their lives. So um, felt badly about that, but. You know, I got to see him before he passed, and um, that was a great moment. Uh, you're referring to that event that right. took place that Jimmy Walker put on right. at the Biltmore. And um, so uh, I'm very happy that he's being moved forward, and I'd be shocked if he didn't get elected. That's nice. my opinion. Into the Hall of Fame. So, yes. That's great. Definitely worthy. We're talking with Jerry Colangelo here during Newsmakers Week, uh, day three on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You, t- you talked prior about the history that's being built with the Suns, right. and now it's franchised for, for well over 50 years, so the history is there. The one thing that's missing from the franchise history, of course, is a championship banner. Right. Uh, from your perspective, and you talked about the positives under this new ownership group with Matt Ishbia. How equipped do you think this version of the Phoenix Suns is to, to win that first title? They have as good a shot as anyone else. So you, you can't say that they're the leader in the clubhouse or anything like that because you can see where they are and their struggles that they've had. Um, we haven't really seen enough time together, even for the big three, yeah. so to speak. But even if they were healthy, there's some other ingredients that are required to get to the promised land and and it relates to the bigs and it relates to defense so um, if they can shore up in that sense Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a problem in scoring uh, in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, but I sure would like to see Beal be able to play for an extended period of time I've always been a Beal fan um, he was to play with uh, the, the Olympic team two or three times, and injuries prevented him from doing so. I think it was COVID the last time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. He was at training camp in, uh, in Vegas, and uh, we had to send him home mm-hmm. because of the COVID. Yeah. Speaking of defense, there wasn't a lot of that scene during the All-Star game, and, <laughs> and it's really not a platform for defense. But what I want to bring up is at one point in time, the NBA was, was way too defensive-minded. You chaired a committee, and, and you instituted it help implement uh, some changes that opened up the game, that, that made it yeah. much more aesthetically pleasing. There are people who think maybe it's gone too far, that, that maybe we have too many three-point, too much offense, not enough defense. Do you think the NBA should be, um, I, I, concern might not be the right word, but what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think they should continue. The league should always continue. Every league and every sport look for ways to improve, look for ways to, to uh, tweak 
And so when we made all the changes, you know, 20 some years ago, that's because we had terrible looking basketball. Mm. The shot, the sh- shot selections, the percentages, the mugging in the paint. Uh, it wasn't a pretty sight. Isolation basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can thank Don Nelson for creating that situation. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we addressed it. We, we we made a whole bunch of changes. And by the way, that it happened at the Phoenician here in Phoenix because I called a committee uh, after David Stern uh, and I met in New York. I said, David, I'm a little turned off right now on the game. I said, and I'm a, I, you know how much I love the game. He said, well, what do you think we need to do? I said, we have to, we have to really shake it up. And so I brought about 12 people in who were, in my opinion, really terrific basketball minds. And we did a lot of things. We eliminated the um, defensive guidelines that no one really understood, mm-hmm. including referees. Um, we, um, we, we, we made the rules change so much that guards had a chance to play again, mm-hmm. the point guards. And it was good timing because along came Steve Nash, <laughs> who took advantage of that. Yep. But prior to that, the, the muggings that took place in the paint were, were terrible. We speeded up the game. Ten seconds to advance the ball, we went to eight, nine seconds. And so um, I was pleased with the developments. What we didn't know or could have projected is how the three-point shot would become such a I thought it would be a home run element mm-hmm. you know it's a way to come back in the game when you're 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 down you know the the ball goes up an opening tap and someone comes down and shoots a 30-footer that's <laughs> that's it that's you know, it yeah, yeah. so um, that part of it I I'm not happy with you know I wish there was more control over that um, you know, being in Indianapolis uh, for that weekend, although I didn't see any of the events, I uh, was busy with uh, things I had to do, press conference and uh, a breakfast meeting. Um, I, I just think that uh, they have to take a hard look at the weekend mm-hmm. and really do more than tweaking it because I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you more about that. And Jerry's been kind enough to stick around for a second segment with us today here on Newsmakers Week. So we'll continue our discussion with Jerry Colangelo on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, we get to continue our conversation with the great Jerry Colangelo, who's in studio with us for a uh, second segment. Jerry, thanks again for coming in. Great to see sure. you. Sure. My um, pleasure. You kind of you set me up for where I was going with my next question. Mm-hmm. You talked about NBA All-Star Weekend. The reviews were not favorable, uh, even from the commissioner, Adam Silver, a lot of fans who watched the, the weekend, right. and especially the game. And I want to focus on the actual All-Star game. You've had your hand in fixing a lot of things in sports over the years. You've referenced some of them this morning. Is there a way in your mind, in today's climate, with so much money at stake for these players and health and all of that, is there a way to fix the NBA All-Star game? I, I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I'd like to hear from people who are really involved in it now. What what are their thoughts? Um, you know, the money is so big mm-hmm. now that the players are making. And um, it, it's a different game. It's a different attitude. It's There's a lot of things that are different from 10, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, there was a time when it was a lot more competitive, for sure. And they addressed that. They, they you know, like prize money mm-hmm. to make it more competitive. 
but it wasn't enough to do make that kind of a change. You can't you can't play with it that much. You know, either straighten it out or don't do it at all, mm-hmm. and come up with another means by which you could promote the game on All Star All Star Weekend. Maybe it doesn't include uh, a game among the players, but just skills. I don't know, uh, but they can't continue exactly as it is yeah, because. I agree. Uh, in watching the game on TV, um, it just wasn't good to see. No, and for, you mentioned three-point sh- shots being too prevalent in the game. Ninety-seven three-point shots by one team. That's unbelievable. <laughs> you get one team shot ninety-seven the threes Eastern in Conference that game. Went forty-two for ninety-seven oh my from three-point range. Oh my goodness! Um, all right. Uh, in terms of your reign uh, as as chairman of USA Basketball, you you really reset. Uh, the Olympic program and got it back on on a higher ground to the point now where there's lines of players trying to get into the Paris games. When you look back on that, um, where does that rank in your in your list of personal achievements? Well, I think the first one, and you were involved with the first one mm-hmm. in terms of uh, China after uh, the dismal showing by the 04 team in the uh, Olympics in Greece, uh, and now he was asked to take over the program and. And I said I would, but under certain conditions, um, we were deemed afterwards the redeemed team. Well, I use this, and uh, and it's exactly how I felt. We changed the culture. Coach K was the right guy to help me do that. Uh, we had to earn back the respect of the world basketball community. We did that by showing respect to them. Um, and so on the day that you know we won. And it was it wasn't that easy, you know. We we had beaten Spain big time earlier, um, a few days earlier, and here we go. Um, we had to really struggle to win it mm-hmm. because it was a great great game. The medals were being um, awarded. The Star Spangled Banner was being played. The whole scene, what went through my mind was um, very seldom does someone have an opportunity to have that kind of responsibility, uh, take it very personally, uh, have a plan, watch it executed, and get the desired result. So it didn't get any better than that. Mm-hmm. Now, I loved each of the wins that we had in the Olympics, all four of them, 8, 12, 16, and 21 because of COVID. That's right. And then some couple of world championships also. I loved every minute of it because that's been in my blood. You know, the game has been in my blood, and I owe so much to the game. Um, so I felt good in leaving. And then also giving the, the reins to uh, Grand Hill who I think will do a terrific job. And, Bick, you said that, you know, players are lined up. From everything I know, that's true. Um, Again, money is going to play a role in this thing. And fear of injuries and and getting insurance now is like a zillion dollars. (laughs) I mean, it's really out out of hand. So there's going to continue to be challenges just because that's the way it is. But uh, I like our chances for sure. Jerry Colangelo in studio with us for uh, Newsmakers Week 2024. Also still involved uh, with the athletic program at, at Grand Canyon University. And we had Bryce Drew on earlier this week. We had Brian Mueller on. And what a season the Lopes are having. 24-2. and two. 
There's talk, although I don't think uh, GCU should should test that theory. But there's talk, even if they don't win the WAC tournament, their their resume is so strong that they would get in as an at large, which would be heard of, unheard of from a team from that conference. But uh, how proud are you uh, to see where this whole process is? And there was very very clearly stated goals for that program about ten years ago with the move to Division One, and it looks like it's on track. Well, Brian came to see me after he had taken the the reins at Grand Canyon, and it was still just a small little 800 uh, student uh, uh, college Mm -hmm. at the time. And he had a vision and he shared it with me and I bought into it and he asked me to to join up. And uh, I went on the board. I didn't like board work. People sit around and don't know what the heck they're talking about. (laughs) I mean, it's a joke. That's my experience Uh, on board. You're right on the money. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. And so he said, would you be, help me build a business college, business college? And I said, great, I'd love to do that. Pass on what I've learned over the you know decades. And he named the school in my, in my honor. And it's, it's one of the great business schools in the country today. And I enjoy the involvement with the young people. And I'm around. And I'm available. Um, and he asked me to be involved in the sports in particular basketball um, and I have I mean I've been very involved you know selection of coaches building program getting us into division one mm-hmm. at the time which was part of the game plan and we did that in a three month period which was definitely never heard of before um, so a lot of a lot of great things have happened there. And by the way, I consider the Grand Canyon story one of the great stories, not only in the state of Arizona from a business point of view, but in the country. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's a school that gets zero dollars from the government and does it all on on their own. They create the revenue with online revenue. A couple of billion dollars in infrastructure has gone into a 400 acre plus. Um, piece of property. Uh, we're going to be 40000 to 45000 before mm-hmm. it's over. There's over 100000 online. Everybody knows about Grand Canyon now. It's really interesting. Yeah. And um, that's that's fun for it's me. It's an amazing success story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I listen to you speak, and I, and I think about your journey, and I think about how you came here with a bunch of suitcases and maybe, what, four or $500 in your pocket, right? I, I didn't have that much money. <laughs> I had three hundred, <laughs> and, and then you you look at at where the place what what has happened here now. How do you reflect? What do you begin to think about when you look at what has become largely because of your labors? Well, first of all, I felt I feel really blessed. I mean, in terms of what yeah where I came from, uh, what sports did for me, you know, gave me opportunity to get an education. I met my wife of sixty plus years at the University of Illinois after transferring from Kansas, where I was to be the outside shooter for Will Chamberlain. Oh. And uh, boy, if they had three point shots then, I would have been. <laughs> That's right. In the money. That's but, right. Uh, so I, I came here, and you know the story, that I saw a blank canvas when I arrived for the interview, uh, and that you could paint your own portrait, because it was a young, bustling, western city. And um, my, I, I felt very good about the selection, about, you know, leaving Chicago, not going to Milwaukee, but coming to Phoenix. And... Um, 
it's been a, a terrific, terrific uh, time for me, my family, helping grow the city in so many different ways, um, um, being responsible for a lot of the pro teams, obviously, winning a, a World Series and with the Diamondbacks, which was a, a big thrill. Um, you know, the Suns have been who I am for 50 plus years. So uh, I feel very blessed. Yeah. Fantastic. And we got well, a chance. we're blessed to have you, Jerry. Yes, so thank, thank you. you. We got a chance. Bick and I did get a chance at your luncheon back in October to express those thoughts on stage. So, uh, again, from all the sports fans in the Valley, thank you. And thank you for being here today, Thanks, Jerry. Guys. We appreciate it's it. It's always thank a you, pleasure. Jerry. The great Jerry Colangelo joining us for two segments here on Newsmakers Week, which continues. We'll have a visit with Sun CEO Josh Bartlestein next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah, thanks again to Jerry Colangelo for joining us. We continue some Suns discussion now as uh, Newsmakers Week continues. We are joined by the CEO of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury, Josh Bartlestein, who joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Josh, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Josh! Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be on. Yeah, uh, we're, we've been talking a lot in, in the segments where we don't have interviews during Newsmakers Week about this being the beginning of the stretch run for this team, 27 games left. The West is wild and very, very closely bunched. How do you, how do you feel about things going into this stretch? We feel great. You know, we've played really good basketball for a sustained stretch now. Uh, I think we have, you know, a, a top eight net rating. Our offense since we've been healthy has been top five. Our defense has been really, really good. So you're right. The West is loaded. Um, it's unbelievable. But I think we feel really, really good about our team. You know, our big three, our supporting cast, uh, adding Royce as well. Um, I think you've seen the team. It's besides the winning, it looks better. It feels better. Coach Vogel's done a great job. I think it's going to be a great 27 games of basketball here on the stretch. Now, Suns fans really, really appreciate the aggressiveness shown by Matt and you and the way you guys are, are putting this team together. I can't recall a basketball team at the trade deadline kind of wiping out and refitting their bench the way you guys do. What do you think the new Suns are going to look like once you integrate Thaddeus Young, once Royce O'Neal gets more time uh, under his belt? How do you think this team is going to project? Yeah, I mean, first, a testament to Matt. You know, Matt's all in on winning. Uh, what he tells James and I all the time is help and we'll keep making this team better and we'll figure out the money part of it later. Like, it's, it doesn't matter about the tax bill. It matters about how do we win more games. And that's how we got Royce O'Neal, a proven winner, uh, a guy who's multi-positional, can shoot. He's made a huge impact uh, in his three games here. We're really happy to have him. And same thing with Thad Young. Uh, another proven winner guy who's had a lot of success right in the locker room and provides positional versatility, right? The, the thing we want to give Frank is a ton of tools in his tool chest. So he can play big, he can play small, he can switch. Uh, and we think we've given him that. And we feel really, really good about kind of the depth on our team right now. Josh Bartlestein, the CEO of the Suns and Mercury, our guest here on uh, Newsmakers Week on Arizona Sports. And you have a, a, an interesting role with the team involved in the basketball operations, also heading up the business side uh, of things. And we tend to focus in our roles, Josh, on the basketball side of things. Uh, and we talk about Matt Ishbia's aggressiveness and his desire to win the ultimate goal. But uh, how does that apply to you on, on the business side of things? I, I, I assume it's just as aggressive and with winning in mind on that side too. Absolutely. You know, I've been here 10 months now. I can't believe it's been 10 months. But I forget when I was interviewing with Matt and kind of how he wanted to run things. I mean, there's so much groupthink in sports and all business, right, the, the power of the NBA, WNBA, you can get by doing what everyone's done and probably be fine with it because everyone loves the Mercury and Suns. 
So that's not how you want to do things. You want to try things out and be aggressive and innovative. And I think you've seen it. And it starts with the first thing he did and we did was the media deal with uh, Arizona family. And that's been unbelievable for us. The amount of feedback I get from fans walking around just saying, being able to watch our games for free, getting an antenna, giving away antennas, truly being a community asset. That's what we're all about. And then it goes to Oakview Group and the partnership there to reimagine the food and beverage and hospitality in the arena. Uh, the first that I've ever done with an NBA team, which has been awesome. It's all different types of fan experience. So there's so much good happening with the Mercury and Suns, but it comes from investment and truly caring about these teams, truly caring about our fans, and doing things people haven't done before. We're not always going to be right, but if we're not right, we're going to fix it and make it better and better because we care about our players, we care about their families, and we love our fans and want to keep putting our best foot forward. Now, one of the biggest moves made came very, very early on when, when the trade for the Twins and a bunch of draft picks went out the door for KD, and there was a lot of fans who who coming into this year were still lamenting that and regretting it. I don't think any of them are lamenting or regretting anything now. And as Matt told us during a recent visit with us, that's a trade you make 100 times out of 100. And it's that kind of conviction that I kind of think marks his ownership here. From your vantage point, what's it been like to watch KD play at the, way, at the level he's played this year for your basketball team? Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, as a, as a younger CEO, to like get to witness that greatness, which is what it is. Uh, one of the best ever. And then the way he does it, too. I'm just getting to have conversations with him, you know, learning about Kevin Durant, the person, how intelligent he is. He's a basketball savant, and the game has moved so slow for him. But he's just – he's unbelievable. And it's not just on offense. It's on defense. The tone he set defensively, guarding bigger, guarding smaller, rebounding. Um, he's having an unbelievable year. But it's the way he goes about it that's just so, so impressive. And then they get to watch him every single night. Oh, we can't take that for granted. You know, me, our fans, like it's, it's Kevin Durant we're seeing on the court every single night. And then Devin Booker as well is going to break, you know, the Suns uh, scoring record next year. Like to get these guys on the court together and still in their prime, Katie's never been playing better. Devin's in this prime, this wants to shoot Bradley Beal. Like it, this is a very unique time in Suns history that we're just, you know, along for the riding and it keep getting better and better. No doubt about it. Now, when you take a look, I, it's, it is my contention that the Suns winning a championship is one of the great untold stories in sports, given the heartbreak, given the lineage, given the history of this organization. What do you think of these last 27 games? The schedule is obviously going to be difficult. What do you think of it? What, what would you like to see this basketball team accomplish on the road to the postseason? <laughs> Yeah, I think keep doing what we're doing. You know, we've had a stress now of 28, 30 games that we're playing at a very, very high level. You know, we got, we were snake bitten with injuries to start the year, starting 14 and 15. But our record and how we've played since has been really, really good. So like the schedule is hard, but everyone plays 82, 41 at home, 41 on the road. Uh, and a really, really important game tonight. But I think if, if we keep playing how we've been playing, the cohesiveness, these guys playing together, learning each other, implementing Royce, implementing Thaddeus, um, we feel really, really good about our team. And the playoffs will be brutal for everyone. The West is that good. There's not going to be an easy matchup in the West, but it's going to be an all-time playoff run. We're just going to enjoy each day here. And we have a stated goal of winning a championship. It's not running away from that. Um, but the focus right now is on Dallas and Houston. And you're right, every other game is, is going to be really, really tough. But that's the best part of the NBA. Josh Barlstein, uh, CEO of the Suns and Mercury, our guest here during Newsmakers Week. We've talked a lot about the aggressive nature of the Suns and how things have been since Matt Ishbia took over, since you've been on board for those 10 months. And, uh, you know, Bick mentioned it. We, we talked to Matt briefly uh, last Friday on the show, and then later in the day, he did the Pat McAfee show. And I think that was indicative, just the reaction of that show to his attitude on things, that you guys are, are making waves. I'm curious, Josh, if you get feedback from other NBA organizations or WNBA organizations on the way you're doing things? And if so, what is that feedback? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So we're just all an indie crawl star. And kind of when you're here in the weeds of it, uh, you're so focused on executing and operating all the things that have to go on to run the Mercury and Suns. Then you go to indie and you hear the excitement and sentiment around the Suns and Mercury and just the business things we're doing, the excitement of the basketball team, uh, hosting WNBA All-Star here in July. You know, there, there's so much going on that you take a step back and say, wow, we have done a lot in, in a year since Matt bought this team. So um, for us, we always want to do more. Uh, and I think the, the strength of our team is our team. It's the culture we've built, and that's what I'm probably most proud of. And it started with Matt at his press conference. Uh, we talk about being people first and truly caring about our team members and how they love coming to work every single day. And it's created an amazing environment for them to come to work and, and love what they're doing and take pride in the Mercury and Suns. Then it's gonna, it's, we're going to have a lot of success together because of the talent we have. So um, you're right. The sentiment of the Mercury Suns being in Indy uh, made me really, really proud to be here and all of us be a store of moving these teams forward. We're talking with Josh Bartlestein, uh, CEO of the Suns and Mercury, and, and talking about the dynamic at the top. One of the most impressive things to me is that this thing can run so smoothly with a Spartan and a Wolverine working together <laughs> to make this. How much? That's do you a guys, good point. How, I didn't realize yeah, that. How much do you guys rib each other over the rivalry? It's Big Ten country. I mean, look, I'm in football, um, uh-huh. I don't have to say much. Right? No. I mean, our, our national champions. Uh, so that's that. And my, 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 we're both walk-on basketball players, uh, so I can't say much in basketball right now. But there's a mutual respect, um, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, Coach Izzo was always great to me. Like, I, he's one of the best to ever do it. Uh, and it's interesting, Matt and I talk a lot, the way Coach Izzo ran his program and then Coach Beeline for me at Michigan, a lot of similarities, a lot of the same core values, which I think the reason I met, you know, met and got along so well was we both kind of our mentors were our college basketball coaches, and even though they were rivals, they have a lot of similarities. Um, so we joke about it. I'm 0-2 in basketball this year. He lets me know about it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a national champion until uh, next January. So That's I'm, right. I'm going to keep that going. That's yeah, right. You've got that one to flash for a while. Josh, thanks Thank so much you, Josh. for joining us today. We really appreciate the uh, conversation. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. You too. Josh Bartlestein, CEO of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury, our guest during Newsmakers Week. as That rolls into hour number four, the nine o'clock hour on day three. Talk a little final four. Jay Perry, president and CEO of the men's final four host committee will join us next here on Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona sports, the local sports leader.